Perfect. Dave, I see you're back in here. Did you re-enter the chat? If not, we'll continue to do your podcast <laughs> with or without you. All right, let's see. I hope this records all the way. This will be fun. This, this will be, be a hilarious first video, and I will boost uh, yeah, I'll the daylight out of I'll this. boost this out uh, more than any other podcast. Welcome to the Empower Good Podcast, where we learn together how to leverage real estate and grow wealth for the purpose of giving back to those things that matter most. We're also going to take the time to hear from some families and foundations that have been impacted by entrepreneurs like you who give back and live generously. Now, let's get ready to build wealth and empower good. All right, Christian and Cody offered on Instagram to come on anyone's podcast, even if they had one subscriber. And so this is a brand new podcast. This is my very first episode. And I feel very thankful to have Christian and Cody on the podcast. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. This is exciting. Yeah. I've never been anybody's first podcast. Well, well, I'm your guy, right? So oh, I have a, you are. I have a very different uh, market, I'm sure, than you guys do. So why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Kind of who is Christian? Who is Cody? What are you guys about? Yeah, well, um, we always have Cody go first, so I'm just going to switch it up, and I'm going to try doing my story first this time. Do Can it. we do that? Okay. Do it. Cool. So I started doing the traditional nine-to-five thing. So mm-hmm. I went to college, got my degree in business management operations. I got a first job selling pet food, got a second job selling apparel, wanted to get in real estate the entire time, and finally started working for the CoStar Group. Mm-hmm. The idea was, working for Apartments.com, LoopNet, CoStar, mm-hmm. that I'm going to be around all these real estate people. It's going to help me get into real estate. The problem was, while I made a lot of money, I didn't actually buy real estate in that time. I was just in real estate, which is how I learned if you want to buy real estate, you need to just go buy real estate. So COVID hit. I was like, I got to get out of this job. I need to start actually buying investments. Bought a duplex, bought a second duplex, ran out of money and had to start learning how to play the game without money, which segues into Cody's story because he skipped all of those steps starting at age 19. Yeah. And it was at the point of Christian buying a second duplex that we really met. I showed him the duplex to buy. It was right next to a sixplex. And so I had got started as 19 years old. This is 2019. And I got licensed as a real estate agent. Someone random on the internet told me to get my real estate license and drop out of college. So I did what any rational teenager would do. And I did that and left college, got my license, six months of sales, made no money. Three months after the six months, and I bought a 12plex, zero money down. Nine months after that, about another 12 plaques. Nine months after that, about a six. And that introduced me to Christian because I to- I met him at the office eventually at that point in time and told him to buy the neighboring property to my six. And that's where we really started to partner. And over the last three years, two years, wow, it's only two years, we've bought uh, 110 <laughs> apartments and a resort together. Oh, wow. So I think the last update I saw you guys, you had some like 80 or 81 units and you're up to 110, did you say? Yep. And we're closing on another deal shortly and have a couple more offers out on another 30. So we should be at about a buck 50 here before summer. Awesome. Awesome. Now here's a question I didn't plan to ask, but I saw somebody throwing shade on Instagram, right? Yeah. So you buy these houses, no money down or uh, creative financing, let's just say creative financing. And so the whole stick, the reason you guys rose to fame or the reason I saw you rise to fame was you built this business with zero bank debt. But then you are converting one of your your loans to bank debt and somebody was throwing shade. Oh, what? You guys have to use banks now? So why don't you talk to about when it makes sense to not use bank debt and then when it makes sense for the business to leverage that bank debt? That's a fantastic question, by the way. 
Yeah, that's actually better than most people's questions. So you're already off to a great start on your podcast. <laughs> we, we've never been asked that. Uh, in the beginning, if you don't have any qualifications, you have to do what you can to get started. And when I got started, I got private money, which seller financing is all negotiable. In the beginning, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so the debt that I got was more expensive than everyone else in the market in the beginning. And that's fine. It got me into deals. But I've gotten the value up. When I went in, I bought properties that I could get the value up. I'm not very good at a lot of things, but I do understand math. And I looked at these assets and I, I knew I could get the net, in, the net income up. And so my thought process was if I get the, the NOI up, the value goes up, one day I can pull money out and be liquid because I've never had any money. We're absolutely still buying deals seller financed. The 30 units we're working on, the 12 plaques we're doing right now, it's all seller financed working on a 50 unit that would be potentially seller financed. But uh, right now we're doing some bank loans because we're pulling liquidity out of the portfolio. We're very low leverage. We've got some assets that are sub 50%. I've got an asset where 650, where I only owe 280. So pulling a little bit of money out so that we just have general liquidity. Cause that's something as a 23 year old now I've never had and would honestly be really nice to have. And there's one more piece to this too. When you're doing seller financed deals, uh, now we have in the portfolio their deals, Cody's first deal, where keep going, uh, keep going. With uh, Cody's first deal, where we had the um, that is 30 year fully amortized debt. However, traditionally you're going to have some balloon on it, which you're going to be exiting that original seller financed debt no matter what. Uh, some of them are. Five-year, 10-year, 15-year debts. However, when you hit that balloon, your options are you have to pay it all off, you have to refinance, or you lose the asset. So, so bank debt is a pretty normal piece to the seller finance cycle. Now, I actually got some of the questions. Looks like he might have dropped out due to internet, but that's okay. And he's back. We've got Dave. Hey, Dave. All right. Well, question number two. What market are you most excited about, Christian? I'm most excited about Grant County, Washington. That's where most of our portfolio is. And we absolutely love it. We actually just got some new announcements there. Yeah, there's a hydrogen-powered plant that just took off in Moses Lake. So super exciting. When it comes down to picking a market, regardless of which market you want to be in, pick one and stick to it. We set out our principles. So when we look at a market, we make sure population's going up. There's pride of ownership. People take care of their stuff. And just overall incomes have been going up to track with the, the rising cost of goods and everything. So we picked Moses Lake, and by we, I mean me, and I got him on board. And we've just been all out in that market. Once you pick an area, the best way to become a master of real estate in that market is to just own that market, buy up everything. And then once you're a player, two, 300 units move to the next market. Perfect. Dave, I see you're back in here. Did you re-enter the chat? If not, we'll continue to do your podcast <laughs> with or without you. All right, let's see. I hope this records all the way. This will be fun. This, this will be, be a hilarious first video and I will boost uh, yeah, I'll the daylight boost, out of I'll this. I'll boost this out uh, more than any other podcast. What products do you focus your investments on and why? So I'm going to guess he's talking about asset classes. Okay, let's talk asset class. I like multifamily. Single family is great. I love residential. However, multifamily is like single family on steroids. There's just, there's more of them under one roof. And so I'm always going to pick multifamily. It's the most stable retail. We'll see if it lasts 
the test of time. I'm not 100% sure that it will, but we're looking at buying some mixed use buildings that could house our uh, tenants up above and apartments. Oh, no, apartments up above and, and then uh, house some of our companies down below. We've got a property management company, a consulting company, and we could hub those down below in the retail if retail ever died. But uh, multifamily for long term stability and cash flow seems to have the best debt products seems to have very good tax benefits and long-term stability. What do we have next? Can you tell us about a favorite deal that you have done? Well, favorite deal we've ever done is also the hardest deal we've ever done, which is the Robin Hood Village Resort. It is a completely unique asset built 1934 on the Hood Canal, Washington, right on the foothills of the Olympic Mountains. You get salmon running up the creek, orcas going, hiking, fishing, the whole nine yards. If you think Pacific Northwest, our resort embodies that. Um, it's a very, very, very cool asset. The difficult piece is that it's, one, the most expensive deal we've done. And so there's more debt, more moving parts, and it comes with, uh, yeah, I think we started with nine, eight or nine employees, uh, lost a few of them, let go of a few, had a few leave, have a few more leaving, added new people. Uh, the people management, people are always going to be the most, or I, I should say the least predictable piece of your business. Variables are difficult to deal with. When you have a bunch of people, you have to build a new skill set. And so we pushed really hard for that. And uh, it's my favorite and most difficult deal we've ever done. Absolutely. For those who are getting started, Christian, what would you recommend that they prioritize as far as just getting into the investment space? For myself, I would map out your goals, number one. And then once you've mapped out your goals, I would I we have a little circle drill. You map out where you're coming from, where you're going, and what changes when you get there. In essence, if you can learn how to communicate that in the simplest way possible, you're going to be able to connect with others, relate to people that have done what you want to do, and get to the next level. What are your thoughts on that? I, yeah. Well, first of all, I completely agree. Second of all, yeah, the, the one thing, if anyone's getting started, they're trying to get the mindset, they're trying to do anything to figure out how to play the game. The biggest piece for anyone is you just have to get in and actually buy real estate. It doesn't matter if it's a duplex, if it's a 30plex, if it's a 100plex. Yep. Uh, though I don't recommend starting with 100. Let's say up to 50 for your first deal. Um, the most important piece of any deal is buying a deal that moves you forward and buying it on long-term cash flowing fixed rate debt. Now, let's swap over to, because we're talking about Empower Good. It's the name of the podcast. First question that we have for Empower Good, what has this meant for you and your family? Hey, we got Dave back. We got a Dave. How's it going? <laughs> hey, Dave, we've been rolling. You guys are rock stars. <laughs> hey, the show must go on. It's your first podcast. You're going to love it. You guys are rock stars. Yeah. I'm going to have to send you guys a payment for hosting my own podcast. You're going to love this. We are going through all your questions and we're going to boost the heck out of this. This is going to go viral. This is my favorite podcast we've done. (laughs) You asked a great question and then we got to interview ourselves. This is fantastic. Right? It's a self-serve podcast. No, I've been hearing you all the time. So you're about to talk about Empower Good. Tell tell the listeners what you guys are into. Well, that's the topic for the podcast, to empower good upon others. What has this meant for you and your family? Well, yeah. So let's start with what the real estate investment did for our family, and then we can transition into what it's done for other people. Because that's the that is equally, if not more, rewarding. But for my family, my original goal was I wanted to retire my wife. Um, our school districts here got politically really weird, um, which I don't care if you're right or left. 
it's you don't want heavy politics in schools uh, or churches early. I mean, you just, there's places where politics don't belong and they were really heavy. And so the goal was get my wife out of that job in an environment where she can just pursue what she wants to do. We did that. And turns out she ends up being one of the most valuable people in our company. And she loves working with us. That was a total fluke. We didn't know that was going to happen. And it's been amazing for me. Uh, for my life now, I get to work alongside my wife every single day, as well as working with my best friend, which has been the most incredible adventure I've been on. So it's cool because our friendship has gotten stronger. And then my friendship with his wife, like it, it's just like a good, it's a trio now, not a duo, which is really yeah. cool because I like three better than two. Yes. Two of us are a little bit closer than one of them, but well, <laughs> I, I we won't, we won't tell your wife that you and Cody are so close, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the trio still leans a little bit one sided. However, yeah, that is, a, it is really fun having this core group of three people that, that get to do business together from the same location. It, it's awesome. Cody moved two blocks down from me. Uh, so we literally, like, we basically live together. We work together every day. It has been fantastic. And your original goal is retiring your mom, which you're going to be doing here within the next 12 months. Yep. So I'm buying a, a condo for my mom, Waterfront, Point Ruston, and I'm super stoked to be able to do that. She'll get to live there forever. I mean, it's got a amazing view. It's walkable to just about everything close to the rest of her family. And it's got a elevator. So single level. She can live there literally forever. So super stoked to be able to do that. Going to convert her house into a duplex. That'll bring in about 5,000 bucks a month in net or in gross income, 4,000 bucks a month in net income. And her mortgage is 3,000. I'll work on getting that paid off for her and she'll just have her 50 grand a year in passive income and be retired. Good for you, man. That's really great. Super stoked. It's been three yeah, years in and then the, the other big piece for empowering good, uh, the fun thing is what we do is yep. provide housing for others. And we yep. get to do a lot for other people within that. No, we don't, don't get me wrong. Like the resorts class A, we have a few assets that are just really nice new build properties. But a vast majority of the properties that we have are going to service uh, entry level housing. That doesn't necessarily mean low income, but you have more low income families in that entry level housing. What we want yeah. to do is provide a above average uh, value for below average pricing. Glad you didn't get that backwards. I, I almost did. average price for <laughs> below average or quality. Well, and and to be fair, that is a lot of what we purchased. We yeah. purchased a lot of properties yeah. that were above average price for below average value. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. how do you go in and provide? You know, you have cost constraints, like real mm -hmm. difficult cap on price because they can only, a lot of people can only afford so much rent. And so making the decisions of when we buy a property that has not seen any love for a lot of years. LVP floors, yep, new countertops, like we're going to stone, working on mini splits, new windows. Mm -hmm. You know, guys, that's exactly, some of those don't cost a lot. Go ahead. No, no, that's exactly what my wife and I are passionate about doing. So the podcast is Empower Good, but the parent company is Stepping Stones Investment Properties because it's number one, the Stepping Stone that's helped us to live a better life, right? And to, to bring ourselves up. But secondly, we like to think that we take those those nasty houses, right? In the the maybe the maybe not target neighborhoods and provide a really clean place that people are say, you know, you want to come over for coffee and they're proud to have somebody into their house. 
So putting in the brand new LVP flooring, painting out the cabinets or putting in brand new ones if you can't salvage them, doing the brand new Delta mixers on your shower, brand new kitchen sink, which is all nice and shiny. You know, we, we waterproof all the showers, put in the tile, and we just want to give, we want people to be proud of where they live. And we realize, you know, for all the seasoned investors, they're saying, you know, people are going to beat the junk out of your, out of your product. Well, yeah, I'll that'll happen twice, but it's, it's worth it to us to give people something that they're proud of. And some people, I mean, there's enough shade in this business about just mm-hmm. making money off people living in your spaces. But I can truly say I, we own some of the nicer stuff in Moses Lake for the age of what it is. We go in and everything is new when we when we turn these apartments. Like yep. I just went and redid all the electrical panels, all the, of the heat source, all the wiring for that because all the old wires had melted. It's just wow stuff people don't see or appreciate, but we do it anyways, because once it's done, it's done. And right. yes, sacrifice profits, absolutely. To do it for all three buildings, just for that, it was like $65,000. The funny thing is, though, like we do it because we want to make a space that is great to live in. Like a lot of the decisions we make is like, can we afford this? Barely. Is it the right thing to do? Yes. Okay, well, let's go do it. Yep. Uh, but the result has been, we don't get a lot of turnover. We get really right. stable rents. People are happy to live there. And ultimately, you end up making more money in the long run just doing the right thing. That's not why we did the right thing. Um, but that is the reward for when you go repair these things. Instead of just rotting and losing value, they stay nice. People love to live there. Income goes up with the market over time. And right. uh, it's the best thing to do for everyone. And you get rewarded, just not today. You have to kick that reward down the road a little bit. And what's, what's your two rules for real estate investing? You guys say, how do you buy it? Figure out how to buy it. And secondly, how do you not lose it? Well, yeah. if you have a depreciating property because you never maintained it, you're going to lose it, right? Mm-hmm. So you're fireproofing it on the front side to make sure that it does last you a lifetime and that it's something that you guys don't end up losing because you lost all your tenants because you did a fast remodel and you didn't fix the stuff that mattered. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One day yeah. we're going to go through and do plumbing. I mean, I just did the, all the electrical stuff on my 12 plex, but Plumbing is going to be another oodle of money. It's going to be a, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of money to do three, four bucks. Yeah. But uh, when it's done, it's done. Then tenants yeah. never issues. They never leave. Yeah, and passive income is a is a tax designation. It's not actually passive. If you want to if you want to make <laughs> passive income, it's a heck of a lot of work to do that. I haven't seen the passive side yet myself, but it is nice walking a tenant through and taking them and saying, "Look, you have a brand new water heater here." Look, look at your shower, look at your bathroom, look at your kitchen. And you show them this stuff and they like, you see that they're excited about you provided a quality place for them to live, not another piece of junk in the neighborhood, you know? So good for you guys. That's awesome. Now, the next question is misleading, right? Because it's EG3, the Empower Good 3. And it says the three questions we ask every guest. Well, if I ask you, that's every guest, right? (laughs) Technically, (laughs) technically it's true. Uh, question oh, yeah. number one, what are you, what are you reading right now? So right now I am outside of the Bible, which I'm always reading. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going back through, um, one of Cardone's books. I I'm going through all the closes from the, uh, what is it called? The closer's handbook. Closer's survival guide. Survival guide. That's it. I don't, handbook didn't feel right. Um, I've read that one like three times. I should know the title, but I go through that every once in a while, just because he has some good closes and some bad closes and, uh, just as a salesperson, that's one I like to stay sharp on. It is a good one if you haven't read it. 
just to get pumped on sales than to go through like a hundred different iterations of how do you get to the close. Yeah, I think I've read that one two or three times. Yeah, so. it's just a good one to have on hand and I haven't read it for the last year or so, so I'm just jumping back into it. Right okay. now, I'm not reading any books. I I like to learn from players in the space. My main thing is information's great, but practical application is everything. So oh, yeah. when it comes down to learning, I spend a lot less time focused on learning through books. There's enough information. I have a feeling that most people have enough information in their noggin that if they just applied it, they would be where they want to be. And so instead of focusing on gathering new info, I, I go out and learn from players in the space, which is just property owners and business owners. I learn what they're working on, how they got to where they're at. And that is the real world practical application that I focus on and prioritize above and beyond a book. Now I've read a lot of books, but uh, I'm not doing so much anymore. Well, that's good. Well, and Christian, we got a lot of listeners that, uh, will definitely empathize with reading the Bible as a good thing to do always. So keep it yeah. up, man. Good, uh, good, good takeaways there. It goes with my name too, Christian. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, hard to get away from that. All right, so best business or real estate book out there? I like Deals on Wheels by Lonnie Scruggs. That's a good book to get people into the mindset of micro lending, transactions, and seller financing. I really, I don't know why I'm just dropping Cardone books today. I read a ton of books that are not written by him, but uh, 10X Rule for me was the one that kicked me into gear, even beyond the the classic Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It, the call to action from 10X Rule was like, okay, I need to actually take action to get this done, uh, all this stuff done. And that's where I think most people get stuck is the part where you actually take action and apply the knowledge. That's the book I read that went, I got to get out of books and into real estate. Like I have to buy a property. So I would say 10 actual. Good for you guys. So um, last question is who's inspiring you to do more and empower good. And I just have to say right now, you guys are inspiring me, right? Like you, you came up, we're doing owner financing on some deals. Everybody hates that. Nobody talks good about it. And then here comes Cody and Christian and they've done some 80 deals with no bank debt. And I'm like, no, that's, that's where we want to go. Like, that's what we want to do. Right. So um, who are you guys looking at? Who are you following? The people that we could name drop, we wouldn't both know. All the the people that inspire me to do more are the folks who are owners in the market that I bought in, that have played the game. They're multiple eight and nine figure players. They've just been playing it for 30 to 50 years. Some of them have been doing it for 30. Some of them have been doing it for 50. But we wouldn't both know their name. But it's just the local folks that people no or don't like they're just there mm. and they're just ordinary people that have been playing the game for a long time and have learned a, a lot about a lot i can name one of them because he's been really intentional about putting his name on every building and every sign in the city uh but in moses lake <laughs> gary man i wonder who yeah gary man is the man and i don't know he's very public about who he is and that he's in real estate i'm 100 sure he's comfortable with that but as far as people that i look up to the way he bought real estate, the way he expanded his partnership. And when we're in his office, I mean, he just gives us little tidbits every time we stop by. And there's always one or two takeaways that absolutely change the way we play the game. Uh, but it's people like that. And there are a bunch of other people that I'll, I'll keep their names private because they're not as public. Um, but it's people like that in our market that it's like, that is what we want to do. And we emulate those people to the letter. And what that allows us to do is take what they build in 30, 40, 50 years and condense it down to the two years we've been in partnership 
because uh, they have so many lessons. So we can just go out, condense time, and apply them. Cool. And now you're sideways, Dave. this is gonna be such a good first podcast (laughs) you can't ever let them know your next move (laughs) oh there we go he's back off mute guys i'm telling you this is this is the call of a lifetime all right last thing and i'll let you guys go uh i watch all your youtube videos so we're following you online whose office are we in and tell us about the sword we're in Christian's house. This is Mr. Piggy. Uh, and the sword. I'm referring to Christian. No, no thank you. Um, no, the sword is. So I actually had a um, a client who was in my office uh, back when I had an office in Tacoma. And I have a I have Aragorn's sword as one of my too many tattoos on my sleeve. And he comes in and goes, I have that sword. I'm trying to get rid of my sword. So he just has a whole bunch of swords. So he gave that to me. And I've still not had the heart to tell him that that is Gandalf's sword. <laughs> uh, he has no idea. So, uh, Jason, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. We'll send it to Jason. This is a good podcast. He's going to find this one. But yeah, that's uh, it's the wrong sword, but I love it. And it goes into all of our videos now. Well, Cody and Christian, thank you guys for being on the podcast. You guys are awesome. Thanks for keeping it rolling, even when uh, I had no idea what I'm doing on this side. Well, that made this better. This is the most entertained I've been in a podcast in probably ever. Yeah, I'm usually falling asleep. <laughs> well, I feel honored. I feel honored. Thank you, guys. You bet. Send us the link. We'll make it happen.